Hello everyone, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Pastor Dwayne Life, lead pastor at the Life Point Community Church. What you're going to hear today is a message from one of our recent services. And we believe that by listening to today's message, you're going to be blessed and encouraged from the Word of God. You're going to be strengthened. And we believe that God's going to speak to you in a very fresh, new, and real way through today's message. So thanks again for listening. Be blessed and encouraged. And we love you. God bless. Lord, we praise you today for the hope we have in you, the unshakable foundation we have in Jesus, the anchor for our soul when everything else seems to be falling apart, dear God. We can stand firm in you. We can hold on tight to the anchor of Jesus Christ, who holds us firm and steady, who is our sure foundation, our powerful Savior, our almighty God, everything that we need, the answer to all of our problems. Dear God, we praise you for that today. We thank you for your son, Jesus. Lord, and during this time and this week and this season of Thanksgiving, dear God, help us especially, Lord, to make that a central focus of our thanks for you and your son and what you've done for us. Lord, there are so many things we need to be thankful for, Lord, but when all is said and done, what does it all mean anyway when we don't have Jesus? So, Lord, I pray, dear God, that we would make you the central focus of our thanks this week. Lord, but even as we go into other seasons of the year, that we would still keep you the central focus of our thanks and have grateful hearts towards you, Lord, and the great love you have for us and the awesome and wonderful things you've done for us and have yet to do. Oh, Lord, just let us keep an attitude of gratitude. And I pray, Lord, that you would anoint the rest of this time that we would keep our spiritual eyes and ears open, our hearts soft, to receive the word that you want to speak to us today, Lord. We would take it and we'd apply it to our lives and live for you in a greater way when we leave this place than we did when we arrived today because we've been in your presence and we've heard the word of the Lord. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time of praise and worship to you, Lord. Have your way in this place. In the awesome and powerful name of Jesus, we pray and ask. Amen. You can be seated. Welcome, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here for week six of 40 days of prayer. This uh, 40 days of prayer is going to be more like 48. Is that okay? That's all right. We're going to do one more week uh, next week. So, and then we'll be, we'll be on to our, can you believe it? We'll be on to our Christmas stuff. I have to make a disclaimer every year. I love Christmas, but there's a part of Christmas I do not like. Yes. And and there have been Hallmark movies on in my house since July 4th. I know it's so I I know you ladies get mad at me. I really got in the doghouse last week because Donna and Kelly were watching one and I started giving away the plot as I saw about 35 seconds of it and, and I got in a lot of trouble. So gentlemen, I, I recommend you don't do that. God bless you for being here for 40 days of prayer. Week six is how to pray for breakthrough and for healing. And I'm wondering if there's anybody here that's ever been in a place in your life when you needed breakthrough and you needed healing. Yes. 
Well, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about how do we pray in those times when we need something powerful to break through in our life. And maybe we need healing in our body. We need healing in our minds, in our families, in our soul. Uh, you know, as we look across our nation, in one aspect, things are, are looking a little better. You know, there's it, economically, I think things are a little better than, they, than they've been in some time. More, there's more people back to work than there's been in a long time. But how many of you would agree that our nation needs healing? Uh, you can't say anything without it becoming a, a firestorm. And you guys that follow me on, on social media, you might have noticed, I don't say anything political on, anymore because it's just not worth the effort to fight the battle. So here's what I want to tell you. If our nation needs healing, there's a way to find that healing. And it's not going to be Pennsylvania Avenue. It's not going to be Congress and the Senate. Uh, though I believe you need to get involved, you need to pray, and you need to, you need to vote, and you need to be politically and civically active. I believe in all that stuff. But how many understand that our national revival is not going to become because the right person gets in office. It's going to become when God's people decide to become people of prayer again and put God first. And I believe that with all my heart. So it, it, I, I want to talk about what it takes, not just for our nation to experience healing. How about our schools? Some of you in here that work in a school system would say, we need revival, we need healing in our schools, in our government, in our cities. Man, I, I don't know how you voted in the, in the, the governor's election, but how many would agree, I'm just glad the thing's over. Right? I, it just, we need healing in our government, in our cities, in our neighborhoods. How about our families? How about marriages? We need healing and breakthrough in our marriages. Would you say yes? Hearts, our minds, our bodies. So this week we're going to talk about how to pray for healing and for restoration. And to do that, we're going to look at a passage of scripture that God gave to Solomon 3,000 years ago when they were dedicating a temple. And I believe that these words that God gave to Solomon 3,000 years ago apply just as much to us today than they did three, as they did 3,000 years ago. So if you have your Bibles or, or you got your bulletin, it should be in, a, in, in the top of your bulletin. It'll be on the screen behind me. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I'd like to read that again. Read along with me. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Father, we declare today, individually and corporately, that we need your healing. Uh, God, our nation needs your healing. Our communities need your healing. Our government, our cities, our schools, our families, our marriages, our souls need healing and restoration and breakthrough. And so, God, today we, we come to the only one that can provide that healing. The only one that can bring restoration and revival. We come to you, O oh God. Through your son Jesus and by the power of your Holy Spirit, we ask you for healing and breakthrough, deliverance, and restoration. Turn to somebody and say amen. 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 
So there's a couple of things that I want you to notice about that passage of Scripture. And, and people get uncomfortable when I say things like this because if you read it carefully, you understand, first of all, that that passage of Scripture isn't to everybody. If you read it carefully, it says, if my people, if my people, God says, if my people. So who are God's people? Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 12, he said, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. And someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to them, where is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. In other words, he said, these are my people. The, those that are doing the will of my father in heaven, those are my people. So first of all, the thing you got to notice is that promises it for everything. It's for the people of God. If my people, he goes on to say, who are called by my name. So I'm just going to ask you, do people call you by his name? Are you called by his name? In other words, have you stepped over the line of faith to where you have trusted Christ as your Savior and as your Lord? Have you stepped over the line of faith to where you have completely surrendered your life to Christ? So much so that people recognize it. This may offend some of you, and I hope it doesn't, but... I believe the time for secret saints has gone. I believe we were living in a time where people need to recognize that Christ lives in us, that we are vocal about our faith, that we're living lifestyles that point to the cross. I believe that the time has come for you and I to live so people will know that he is alive. That doesn't mean that we live in such a way to lift ourselves up. John said it this way. I must decrease so he might increase. So I'm just going to ask you, he said, if my people who are called by my name, is that you today? Are, are you following after Christ? So much so that people around you, people on your job, people in your schools, people in your family recognize you as a follower of Jesus Christ. So before we go any further for praying for healing and deliverance and restoration and breakthrough, can I tell you that is step one. It's for you and I to be a person who is following hard after God. So much so, people call us by his name. Isn't that good news? Isn't that, isn't that who we're supposed to be? And, and you know, I don't know why, but we've kind of gotten in this mode. I guess we're... We've gotten timid because, like I said earlier, it's so easy to get, to get in, a, in an argument about whatever you talk about today. But let me tell you something. Isn't, isn't every other people group bold? Isn't every other community bold about what they stand for? And what, isn't it time that God's people get bold about what we believe? In fact, if it's if all this stuff that we talk about Sunday after Sunday and Wednesday after Wednesday and, and year after year is true, then we have the answer to the problems of this world. And his name is Jesus. And I'm not sure why we're so quiet about him. Maybe it's time for us to be bold people. Not, not arrogant. Listen, 
How many of you have seen too many arrogant Christians? And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about arrogant, cocky, I'm holier than you, and I, you need to get on my level. I, I've seen that, done that, and I'm, we're, yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who are so full of the love of God, so in love with Jesus and the work that he did on the cross of Calvary, so in love with God that it just spills out of us. And we can't, listen, if you won the lottery tomorrow, you couldn't shut up about it. But you've done something bigger than won the lottery. You found Christ in eternal life. And so you ought to be bold and vocal about your faith. Wow, that, that wasn't even in my notes. But Jesus said it this way, Mark chapter 8. He said, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this unfaithful and immoral generation, I'll be ashamed of him when I return in glory with my angels. So whose approval matters most to you? And the third thing we're going to notice in this is that there is a promise. There's a premise to this promise. If my people who are called by my name. See, I think there's four things that you and I are going to have to do when we pray for healing and restoration and breakthrough. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Approach God with humility. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. That means I don't approach God arrogantly. I, I've heard, now, sometimes I, I see how we behave. And I'm thinking, I wonder what God feels about that. I, I've heard people pray and make demands of God. God, you have to do this, and you have to do that. Well, guess what? He's God. He don't have to do anything. Only thing God has to do is be true to his word, be true to himself. So I'm going to tell you that as, as his children, as his followers, when we approach him, we need to do so with a heart of humility, recognizing that he's... Now, we've been talking about how God is our Abba Father. He's our, our, our intimate, close, personal dad kind of relationship that's what he wants from us but how many know he's still God and when I approach him I need to approach him with humility parents what, what are you going to do when your child comes to you and say hey pop give me the keys no that's not how it works at this house right no and I, I believe that's true with God I believe we're supposed if my people will humble themselves and pray. Are you a humble person? Are you? I, I, let's just talk about a couple of ways that you and I can humble ourselves. Um, humble people confess their sins the moment they realize them. That's, that's humble. Humble people forgive quickly. Do you hold a grudge? How many know that, that, that pride is the source of that? You are never, hey, just listen to this. You're never more like Christ than when you forgive somebody that doesn't deserve it. How, how do you react when you're treated unfairly? Do you act with humility or do you demand your way? How, how do you react when someone corrects you? I don't do so well. Can, so please, somebody else agree with me. I don't do so well sometimes. You know, that's, that's a pride issue, isn't it? Yeah, it is. 
How about are you, are you respectful to authorities in your life? Even the ones that you don't like. Listen, and, and y'all know I don't talk a lot of, I'll just say, I'll, I'll be very generic. If I don't like my governor, he's still my governor. If I don't like my boss, he's still my boss. If I don't like my president, he's still my president. We don't have the right to, if, if we're following Christ, we're told to be subject to our authorities. I, I can't be disrespectful to my authority and subject to Christ at the same time. I got quiet. Do you speak well of others instead of putting people down? Do you stoop to the level of people who put you down? See, these are all pride issues. And I'm telling you that what we need to work on as followers of Christ is approaching God with a humble heart. Turn to somebody and say, humble heart. Humble heart. See, I believe God responds to a humble heart. If I'm humble, listen, God will guide me. Psalm 25 and 9 says God leads the humble in the right way and teaches them his will. If I'm humble, God will bless me. Isaiah 66 says I will bless those who have humble and contrite hearts. If I'm humble, the Bible says God will be on my side. The Bible says, and he gives, in James chapter 4, he gives grace generously. The scriptures say God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I don't know about you. I don't want to be in opposition with God. Anybody ever, all right, maybe you were younger and you got in a fist fight. You knew you weren't going to win. You know that moment when you're like, this was a bad idea. I heard somebody say that your arms are too short to box with God. So I don't want to be in opposition to God. I want him on my side. The Bible says the way I, he's on my side is when I take this prideful spirit and crucify it. And I, and I develop a humble heart. And can I tell you, I wish that was easy. Do you know that nowhere in the scriptures does it say for you to pray for humility? But all through scriptures it tells you to humble yourself. So that tells me that that's something that I have to continually work on. Is continually crucifying my prideful Dwayne. And allowing the Holy Spirit to develop a, a heart of humility and a contrition. That means that we're teachable. Listen, if you're not teachable, if you know more than anybody else about everything, that's, a, that's not a knowledge thing. That's a pride thing. And you're wrong. Right? Nobody knows. You ever met somebody, you had a conversation, and everything you talked about, they had done it or knew more about it than you did. I, okay, I'm done. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Right? You know, it's just nobody knows everything. If I'm humble... God said, he'd give me the power to change. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm humble and gentle. Restore rest to your soul. So we're going to approach God with humility. Can I tell you, I, I can't stress the importance of you and I, as we go to God in prayer, remembering. You know, I'm not all about prayer posture. I don't tell you to, you know, I believe you can pray standing. I believe you can pray in your car. But man, there's sometimes when you need to, you need to find a, a, a humble mode, 
a humble posture. Maybe that's kneeling. Can I tell you some of the greatest, most powerful encounters with God I've ever had have been right face down on my, on my face. Now, you, you may think that's crazy, but I'm going to tell you that's the act of a desperate man. God, I'm humbling myself because i got to hear from you. Number one, we approach God with humility. Number two, ask God for help. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. You aren't waiting on God. God's waiting on you. How many times do we fight and fight and fight and struggle and struggle and struggle and never stop long enough to simply ask God? Jesus said in John chapter 16, you can read it for yourself later. He said, I tell you the truth, my father will give you anything you ask for in my name. Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you'll receive so that your joy will be the fullest possible joy. How many know that's what Christ wants for you? For your joy to be the fullest possible joy? So maybe we should just remember that Jesus wants us to ask. It's his idea. He told us to ask. Let's make sure we're doing that and that we ask in Jesus name. See, I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up in church. When I first started going to church, I heard I thought that in Jesus name was like, was like the abracadabra to your prayer. Right? I thought it was the... It, it didn't take until you said, in Jesus' name. I thought that's what it meant to pray, in Jesus' name. Was those last four words were, in Jesus' name, amen. And I'm not telling you that that's the wrong way to pray. I'm just saying, in my mind, in my immature, never been to church a whole lot mind, I, I thought that, if, all right, if whatever I pray for, in Jesus' name, if I say, in Jesus' name, then, you know, it's all good. And that's how the, that's how the process works. And I'm going to tell you, there's more to praying in Jesus' name than saying, in Jesus' name. See, I believe to pray in Jesus' name is I, I got I to gotta know how Jesus would pray. Have, have you ever prayed for anything and you thought, yeah, God ain't going to do this. Can I tell you something silly I did one time? There was a time, a long time ago. Why are you already laughing? You ain't even going to say as a time, a long time ago, I, I, I struggled my way a little, long time ago. And I got frustrated. So I was like, Lord, you created me, so in the morning I want to wake up 40 pounds lighter. In Jesus' name. Well, you know, it's, it's not how it works. I believe praying in Jesus' names means we learn intimately who Jesus is. I mean, as we read those first four books of the New Testament to understand how he lived and how he behaved and how he prayed. And then when we pray, we'll pray for things that Jesus would pray for. So we pray, we ask, we ask in Jesus' name. Somebody said, oh, well, I prayed and I didn't get what I asked for. Can I tell you, you need to be thankful that God doesn't give you everything you ask for. Sometimes we ask for silly stuff, don't we? And I'm going to tell you that if we learn to pray in Jesus' name, we'll pray for things that follow God's plan and purpose and, and his will. James chapter 5 says it this way. Is any among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them 
sing songs of praise. Is any among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if you've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Can I tell you that that, that passage tells us a couple things. Some, you need to get other people involved in your prayer. I hope you've got people in your life that you can call on. That you could say, hey, I need you to pray for. And they would. Now, we all got, you know, Facebook friends. We put a Facebook, please pray for me. And they'll give you the praying hands emoji. But you have somebody in your life that'll stop what they're doing. And say, okay, Father, in Jesus' name. I didn't feel great this morning. <clears throat> and are, are y'all like me? And if you, you're not feeling well, it just kind of shows. Anybody get grumpy when you get sick? Anybody, please, somebody raise. Thank you, Lord. Okay, hallelujah. Whew. So I walked in, and I was behind my desk, and my wife walked over, and she knew I didn't feel well, and she just put her arms around me, and she prayed for me, and then kissed my bald spot. <laughs> and then as she walks out, Kathy Maxey walks in. Kathy Maxey leads our prayer team, and if you need somebody to pray for you, Leave that right there. And she comes in and she puts her hands on my shoulders and prays for me. She didn't kiss me on the forehead, but she prayed for me. And can I tell you, God answered those prayers. I, 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 I'm, I'm, here, I'm, standing, I'm standing here today because somebody prayed for me. So here, here we go. Call on somebody to pray. You're like, Dwayne, we, we read this anointing with oil thing. Uh, what, what is that about? And I want you, man. We, we do that, and there's nothing magical in anointing with oil. It's just a symbolic gesture of the Holy Spirit doing a work in our life. Can I tell you, I, I, let me tell you this story. And Donna might have shared this story when she spoke it. But there was a time when Mike was really, really young. Really, really young. He was less than two. And he just went through this stage where he just, these tantrums, these I mean, they were, they were awful, y'all. Um, and and, and he, was such a, he was such a good kid, and just out of nowhere, just these tantrums. And it, it began to, to wear on us a little bit, and, and we began to worry. And we're like, what's going on with our kid? And, and my wife, y'all see her if you're playing the piano and singing, and you think she's this mild, calm, chill. Hey, I don't, I don't care if, if who you are, you come against one of her kids or her husband, and she's just, pow, she just, and so she took authority, and she went through, now I was there, but I didn't do, I was, you ever, you ever been in a, in a prayer deal, and you're like, I'm, this other person's doing all the praying, I'm just, I'm just here, that's the way it was this day, she, she took a, I don't know if it was Crisco or Wesson oil, I don't know what it was, but she anointed Mikey, she anointed his room and began to just pray for him. And, and, and then, y'all, this is the, the coolest thing, and y'all are going to laugh, but she opened our front door and commanded the devil to leave. And now y'all are picturing this little five-foot-nothing, hundred-nothing-pound woman pointing her finger at, 
I don't know what our neighbors thought. I don't really care. Telling the devil to leave at the top of her lungs, that, that might be silly. But listen, he never had another episode. Never. Oh, that's just coincidence. Whatever. I'm telling you that the prayer and faith works. Prayer in Jesus' name works. When we pray, we can believe and we can expect an answer. So we approach God with humility. We ask God for help. Number three, we seek God, not a miracle. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, we seek his hand. We want him to do something for us. We want him to... Fix our finances, fix our marriage, fix our body, fix our soul, fix our mind, fix our job, fix our kid, fix our school. When what, what really brings healing and restoration and deliverance and breakthrough is when we seek the face of God. Instead of just seeking his blessing. I remember, and, and we, we talk ad nauseum about Donna's mom when she was going through her deal with cancer. But I remember her saying, if God heals me here, that's fine. If he heals me by taking me to be with him, all the better. Are you there? Are you there? God, if you answer this prayer like I want you to answer it, man, that's awesome. If you don't, then you've got a bigger plan. God, if you... If, if you fix our finances where we don't lose our home, that'd be awesome. If you don't, you've got a better plan. Are you there where you're seeking God's will and God's face and God's plan and God's purpose above what you want? Maybe instead of, God, I, I want you to fix this and heal this and deliver this. And restore this. What if we just turned the focus of our prayer to God? I want to know you. Proverbs 8:17 says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me find me. You know what I've never seen? I've never seen someone search hard for God and not find him. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, God rewards those who earnestly seek him. It's a serious pursuit. You might have seen the Bulldogs game yesterday. I did. And I watched this kid, because he is, by the way. His name is Justin Fields. He's so much a kid that last Friday night, uh, last, excuse me, last year, 2017, he's playing high school football on Friday night. And then yesterday, he's in front of 92,000 people at one of the premier college football programs in, this, in the nation. And he is just, he's performing at a, such a high level at 19 years old. Which is cool, right? And y'all are saying, you just try to find a way to ser you know, get the bulldogs into your sermon. <laughs> I'd like to tell you I was wrong, but that was wrong. But, but, but can I tell you, he didn't, that didn't happen because he pursued football in his spare time in his high school career. 
probably from the time this kid was four, his dad had him throwing a football in the backyard every day. All through his elementary school, his primary focus, and I'm not saying right, wrong, or indifferent, but for him, his primary focus was football. And now he's playing at an extremely high level. Can I tell you, if we want to be able to pray and seek God and, and, and serve God in, in, at a high level, it needs to be our primary focus. And, and so often, and, and this is going to come out harsh, and I don't mean it that way, but so often our prayer life is our last resort instead of our first priority. What does God want from you? God wants you to seek him above all else. Psalmist said in Psalm 14, the Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. I wonder if he looked down on our church this morning. Man, you know what I pray with all my heart? That he'd find people who earnestly are seeking God for their life, for their families, for their career, for their education, for the community, for their church. But unfortunately, we wait. We wait until we're in financial crisis. We're waiting until we're in physical crisis. We wait until we're in relational crisis to seek God. Can I tell you, and, and I don't mean this judgmentally, I don't mean this harshly, so please just, just know my heart when I tell you this, but the best way to get through or get to a breakthrough is to avoid the necessity of a breakthrough. The best way to get through financial crisis is to avoid financial crisis, am I right? How many believe that the best way to avoid financial crisis is to plug into God's plan of finances? The best way to avoid physical crisis is to take care of this body, right? So what I'm telling you is, instead of waiting until crisis mode to pray for a breakthrough, let's seek God in the good days. Deuteronomy chapter 4 says it like this. If you seek the Lord your God, you will find him. If you look for him with all your heart and with all your soul. When you're in distress and all these things have happened to you, you will return to the Lord your God and obey him. For he is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you. Some of you, maybe you've been stuck on a spiritual roller coaster for years. And years and years. And, and you, you know, you ride from one height to one valley to one extreme victory to colossal failure. And I'm going to tell you that that's not God's plan for you. So, what God wants from you is to seek Him day after day after day. Jesus said it like this Seek first His kingdom. His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. That, that passage in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29 says, But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you'll find him. So I got curious. I'm like, God, what, do you, what is from there? Where's the there? 
And what God was telling the children of Israel is that there's going to come a time when you're going to be in extreme calamity. Things are going to get real bad. From there, seek the Lord your God and you'll find him. So I'm going to tell you, it really doesn't, that would have sounded harsh, and I don't want to say it that way. Regardless of where you're at this morning, if you find yourself in an extreme difficulty, we have some options. We can, we can complain and we can gripe and we can whine or we can seek the face of God from there. I don't know what your there is, but if you'll seek God from there, you'll find him. So we approach God with humility. We ask God for help. We seek God, not a miracle. And number four, we turn our attention from garbage to God. He said, and turn from their wicked ways. Turn from their wicked ways. See, you know what? When we hear that word wicked, we think of the bad sin, don't we? We, we think of the of the bad stuff. But how many know that wickedness is, is evil? And evil is defined as the absence of good. And how many know you can't have good without God? And so what wickedness really is, is the absence of God. It's those things in our life that God doesn't have a part of. Those areas of our life, those, we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks, those that secret drawer, that junk drawer of your heart. And what God wants us to do is to open that junk drawer, recognize those things that are in there, the wickedness, the evil, the sin. And then the scripture goes on and says, and turn from that. You know, it, it, there, that word is repent. That's where we look at the, the junk drawer of our heart and say, God, I'm wrong about this and you're right. So here it is. I need you to take it from me. Forgive me. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn from it and point to you. I'm going to turn away from my sin and I'm going to run toward God. That's what repentance is. But what we've done is we've, we've tried to think that God doesn't really understand all of my stuff and, 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 and I've got this the stuff that I can't handle and the temptation is too strong and the addiction is too real. The draw is too heavy. I want you to remember who God is, how powerful he is, how strong he is, and he is mighty to save. Isaiah said, you have forgotten God, your savior. You have not remembered the rock, your fortress. You have a fortress to where you can run. His name is Jesus. And can I tell you, he's bigger than your sin. And he's bigger than that junk drawer. And he's bigger than your addiction. And he's a bigger than, than anything that you're struggling with and battling. And he's bigger than your temptation. And he's more powerful than that draw of the enemy. And if you'll simply run to that fortress, confess your sin and turn from them, can I tell you that you'll find grace and breakthrough and forgiveness and healing and mercy and that that's where you want to be. Do you notice we've gone through this whole passage of scripture and we had not asked God for anything yet.
Acts chapter 3 says, Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So is, it, is there something that you're pretending isn't a problem? Open the drawer. Open your heart. God, you're right. I'm wrong. Cleanse me, forgive me, and turn. And you notice we haven't asked for anything. See, if we go back to our passage, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. We haven't asked him for a thing. What we've done is we've crossed the line of faith, lived a life where the name of Christ is lifted high. and People recognize that we're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're called by my name. We approach God with humble prayer. We humble ourselves and pray. And we seek God's face instead of a miracle. And we've repented and turned from our wicked ways. The Bible says when we do that, when we do that, three things happen. I'll hear. He's going to hear your prayer. God said, I'll forgive. God said, I will heal. See, I hope I didn't mislead you. When I told you I was going to talk to you about how to pray for healing and forgiveness and healing and, and breakthrough and restoration. And I hope I didn't mislead you. I hope you didn't think I was going to give you some magic prayer where I never have to deal with finances and I never have to deal with sickness in my body. Some, some magic formula to pray. Nope. What I hope you've seen today is a model that if we'll live our lives in full pursuit of the face of God with humble repentance as part of our daily activity, our daily prayer, That's when God heals and forgives. That's when God delivers. That's when God hears us. So Don's going to come and play. We're going we're gonna to pray together. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, bow your head. I would be foolish to think that I knew exactly what you walked into this building with today. What you need healing from. What area of your life you need restoration in. I would be foolish to think I knew all of that because I don't. I do believe, however, that God's word is true. So I'm going to challenge you this morning. If, if, if you walked in here with a heavy heart walked here with sickness in your mind, in your family, in your body. You walked in here needing breakthrough in your, in your finances. You need a breakthrough in your marriage with your kids, with your parents. 
I'd be remiss if we didn't take time to pray for those things today. Here's what I want to challenge you to do today. Before you ask God for anything, I want you to go through that process. Maybe you've never crossed that line of faith. And you can't say that I'm part of God's family this morning. And I would challenge you that today while we pray, before you ask God for anything, you would surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and you would make a choice to follow him from this day forward, believing that he's the son of God, believing that he paid the penalty for your sin and for mine on the cross of Calvary, that he died for our sin and rose three days later. So maybe you need to take that step. Maybe you'd say, Dwayne, I'm a believer, but my lifestyle doesn't point to that. Maybe that's something you need to pray about this morning. Maybe you should pray a prayer, God, I want to be called by your name. I want people to recognize the Christ in me, the hope of glory. I want to live my life out loud for Christ. Called by his name. Maybe you can say, Dwayne, I I walked in here with a, a pride problem. I'm going to challenge you to humble yourself before the Lord today. And more than anything else, we seek his face and not some answer to a prayer. And if there's, if there's anything in that junk drawer, before we ask God to fix anything, let's ask him to forgive our sin. Repent and turn away from it. So here's what's going to happen. Just for the next few moments, you can sit in your seat if you would like. If you want to come kneel around these altars, that's fine too you want to stand to your feet and pray that's fine but we're going to take these next just few minutes to give all of us myself included a chance to pray for healing and for breakthrough but let's go through this process Don's going to sing let's pray Oh. 
We come to you as your people, as those called by your name. And we humble ourselves and we confess, God, that you are king and you are glorious and you are good. And in this act of humility, we confess our need of you, our complete dependence on who you are. And we seek your face. God, we thank you for those times when you, when you meet our needs and we see your hand. Those times are glorious and wonderful. We're so thankful for those moments. But today, God, we seek your face. And God, individually and collectively, we open that junk drawer of our heart. And all the stuff that's there that doesn't belong, God, would you take it, wash us, cleanse us, and we turn from it towards you. Now, God, because you're true to your word, would you heal us? Would you forgive us? Would you hear us? In Jesus' name. God, I pray for every struggle, every, every sickness, every financial need, every relational need. God, every career problem. God, I believe that you have a purpose and a great plan for us all. So, God, by your power... We pray in Jesus' name that you meet every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Everyone said, I think you ought to give the Lord an ovation of praise for his goodness and grace, mercy, forgiveness, healing. Amen.